Good morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Timothy 1. Here you go, Donnie. 1 Timothy 1 and 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Timothy 1, 1 Corinthians 15. And I know you're going to be shocked when I say this, but this is probably one of my favorite guys in the Bible. Again, three weeks in a row, three different characters, three, this is, but he's my, one of my favorites too. And so, um, you know, we're, we're still talking about, you know, putting the pieces together and what's that look like. And we've talked about grace and how we experience grace. We've talked about salvation. We've talked about discipleship. Last week we started on restoration, and we're going to be back on restoration today because I think that's still a real key component of our walk and the becoming of having all the pieces together and being who God wants us to be. And, you know, on Friday night, I got to witness probably one of the best high school football games I've ever seen in my life at the Live Oak and Dental Springs game. Phenomenal. And I'm not going to go play by play, but if I walk with a limp, it's because I run 70 yards on that last touchdown drive with Live Oak down the sidelines blocking for him. And so, great game. In the history books for me, that's one of the greatest games I've ever seen. But you know what? As excited as I was when I got home, when you asked Frank, Frank said, that must have been a good game because you're still excited about it Saturday. You know, as excited as I was about that game Friday night, I'm more excited about this morning and about what we're talking about because God's God. And we need to remember that, you know, and he's still in control. And, you know, this morning as we look at this text, and as we start looking into it, you know, this whole book right here, was written for one purpose, and that's to bring us to God, and it's to offer us salvation, and it's to offer us a plan on how we should grow in Him, and that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, and as we dig into 1 Timothy 1, we're going to start in verse 12, because here's what I'm going to tell you this morning. There's good and bad news. The good news is there's somebody sitting in here this morning that's accepted Him. The bad news is there's somebody in here this morning that hadn't accepted Him. But the good news about the good news is it's for everybody. We just have to understand it. We have to accept it. And so let's start. We're going to start in 1 Timothy um, chapter 1, verse 12. It says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I once was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the king eternal and immortal and invisible, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, we come to you this morning, Father, and I just ask, Father, I beg that we see you, Father, in that way. Father, that we'll be like what Paul just wrote right here, Father, we'll understand your love and your mercy and your grace. Father, let us hear. Father, let us leave here changed today. Father, more in love with you. Son's name I pray. Amen. You know, as you read this and as you look at this, and Paul was writing this to a young guy named Timothy. You know, and as he was writing this to Timothy, you can almost see the blood, the red that he was writing with whenever he was talking about words like mercy and grace, you know, because Paul, 
tells it. He said, I'm the worst of the worst. I'm not just a sinner. I'm the worst sinner. I mean, I was doing everything absolutely wrong. I was persecuting. I was cursing God. I was, you know, leading the charge. I had letters written to me to do what I was doing, you know, where they was um, backing me up to take prisoners and bring and all this. But yet God still looked at me and he still loved me. You know, when you look at the life of Paul, you know, Paul wrote, you know, around 13 of the New Testament books. He had three successful missionary trips. He was arrested. He was in prison. He discipled numerous disciples. He was shipwrecked. He had beat, you know, he was beat. And you could go on and on. And Paul boasted about his weakness and about how great God was. You know, Paul never made it about him. He never said, look at me. Look what I'm doing. It's look what God did in me. You're looking at the worst of the worst, and yet God is using me because of his love and his mercy and his grace. You know, the one thing that I really believe that Paul never got over was his own salvation because it was hard for him to really grasp how much God loved him and how much God was there for him. And I think us as believers, you know, some of us, when I, when I say that we need to be restored, because I believe that there comes a point when we've experienced grace and we've experienced salvation and we've started growing in him and we've been discipled. And like I mentioned last week, there comes a point where we sit down and we're like Paul and we say, I'm the worst of the worst. You know, I've done things, God, that makes no sense why you should love me. And we beat ourselves up and God needs to restore us and say, yeah, but it's because of my love and it's because of my mercy and it's because of my grace. It's because I sent my son for you. That's why you can do this. And that's where Paul was at. You know, but I think for some of us, some of us, we have forgotten our salvation experience. Does that make sense? I think some of us that we've been in it so long, what I mean, we've been in our Christian walk, we've been discipled, we've been growing, we've been in church, you know, and I think at some point we forget exactly what God saved us from. Does that make sense? And I think for some of us, we need to remember that. We need to remember that we was like Paul. I think for the biggest part of us, we need to be able to say, you know something, I'm the worst of the worst too. Sure, Johnny Morgan's never stabbed nobody and killed him, that I'll admit in public. But you know what? I've done things just as bad. There's been people in my mind where I was thinking, hmm, we've been there, right? And so I've done things. So I'm the worst of the worst, like Paul, whenever he's writing this. But my intent also today is for us to remember our salvation experience, but for some of us to experience salvation. Some of us today, we need to experience this we need to really understand what God done for us. We need to fall in love with him because everything has a beginning. Life has a beginning. April 27th, 1968, Johnny Morgan's life started. And my mom can probably tell you the exact time because it was a glorious moment in their lives. I'm the favorite son. See, she can't dispute me. I'm on stage, right? And so... You know, everything has a beginning. Life has a beginning. Marriages have a beginning. Employment has beginnings. Exercise has a beginning. I've been exercising. I've been walking on a treadmill, and there's nothing fun about walking on a treadmill. I'm just throwing that out. There's a beginning to it, but it just seems like it never ends when you get on that thing because you think, am I wimping out? Am I wimping out? Am I going to keep going? And then I just wimp out. I beg for my phone to ring. Please ring. Please ring so I can get off this thing. You know, papers. 
today. I had to start in the beginning to get to where I'm at today, even writing and things like that. Everything has a beginning. But what we need to understand, the core of the gospel, there's nothing else but Jesus Christ. That's the beginning and the end of what we're doing right here today. That's the beginning and the end of who we're going to serve because that's where salvation starts. That's where the gospel starts. Because if there had been no resurrection, then there had been no burial. If there had been no burial, there had been no death. If there had been no death, then there had been no Christian um, message, right? Because God sent his son for what? One purpose, to become the sacrifice for us so that we could experience salvation and we could experience him. You know, because we have to remember that Jesus left heaven with a single purpose on his mind, and that was to come live a life on earth, to be crucified, resurrected, and become that sacrifice for us. That's what we need to remember. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrated his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you hear what that's saying? Listen to it again. God demonstrated his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right here, right here is telling us that God knew how bad we was. He knew what Paul was. He knew what Johnny Morgan was. He knew, and I could go around this room, what each one of us was, but yet he still sent his son to die for us. Let that sink in for a minute. Think about that. I think we forget just how amazing God's love is for us. We forget just what he's been done. And that's why I say I get excited about this because this is what it's about whenever you start reading this because this is the beginning and the end of all of it. You know, this has a purpose. Brakes on a car have a purpose, right? What's the, what's the purpose of your brakes? To stop. Now, some of them need to work on their braking because I've rode with some people you know, they need to work on it. But that's the purpose of brakes, right? What's the purpose of your phone? To be able to call people, right? Text people. Check Facebook for some of us. Get off the treadmill. A lifesaver. Your phone's a lifesaver when you're on a treadmill. But you know what? So, so you know, your phone has a purpose. Your brakes have... What's the purpose of a grocery store? What's the purpose of Oak Point? To feed this physique, right? To sell groceries, so what's the purpose of this book? To save us. To save us. From Genesis to Revelations, this book has one purpose, and that's to bring us to the feet of Jesus. But yet we miss it sometimes, and we forget. We get so caught up in life, and I want you to hear my heart right here. I think that we can get so caught up in doing church that we forget why we're doing church. Does that make sense? I think we get so caught up in the service at times that we forget who we're serving. And I think we need to be reminded of our salvation. We need to be, we need to be reminded, you know, I can go back in time and tell you that the room I was sitting in at Amen Baptist Church, and I think the walls are gone now, but that I could take you back to the exact spot I was sitting and tell you exactly what was going on in that room. We was getting ready to go on a youth mission trip. I can tell you the blank sheet of paper that I was handed and they said, write your story. And that's when I realized that I didn't have a story. I was living off my mom and dad's faith. I was living off works, basically, because I was in church Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. I was doing all the right things, but I'd never accepted him. And so everything, like I said, has a beginning. And that's what we need to remember. That's what we need to be, to be building on. Because from Genesis to Revelation, that's where it's at. Turn with me to, to 1 Corinthians 
1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. First Corinthians 15, verse 10. It says, but by grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believed. You know, right there it says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Underline that. Highlight that in your Bible. By the grace of God, Johnny Morgan is who Johnny Morgan is. And it don't matter how hard I've worked or how hard I've tried to get there. It's by his grace that I am who I am. And I think that's a powerful statement. When we really understand who God is in our life, when we really grasp, all right, this is who God is. This is what God done for me. And because of that, that's who I am. And because I am who I am in him, because of his grace, this is what I preach. This is what I believe. This is what you believe. Because hear what I'm telling you this morning. We're all called to be preachers. He tells us that we're to go to the ends of the earth and he's going to be with us. He tells us that we're to make disciples, that we're to teach and we're to baptize. It don't say in parentheses, this is just for the staff of Live at Baptist Church. If we're called by his name, then we're called to this. And so when you start reading this, it says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. You know, and I think that's a powerful statement that even follows because I am what I am because of his grace, and it's not without effect. Because I really believe this, as sure as I'm standing here, that when you fall head over heels in love, and you really, really fall in love with him, it's going to have an effect on your life that's going to be crazy. People are going to be able to look at you and say, hmm, there's something different about them. People's going to be able to look at you and say, there's been an effect on his life. What's different? Why, why is he different? Why is it important for Johnny Morgan to sit on the tailgate of that truck and tell people about Jesus? Because right here, I am what I am by his grace was not without effect. I want to take as many people with me as I can when I go. Because that's what he's called us to do. And he says, and this is what we preach. This is what we preach. This is what Live Oak Baptist Church is always going to preach. Because hear what I'm telling you. I don't care who the president is. My God's still God. I don't care who the president is. My message, has, my, my mission has not changed. Who God's called me has not changed. But I have to understand that I am what I am because of him. But you need to hear this too. There's none that's so bad that he can't save. And there's none that think they're so good that they don't need salvation. Because here's what we need to think about right now too. Don't worry about what kind of sinner you are. Just worry about that you're a sinner. Do you hear that? Don't compare sins. Don't say, hmm, Donnie has sinned a whole lot worse than me. And Mike and Frank, whoo. Because that's not what it's about. Did God save Paul because he was a blasphemer? 
Did God save Paul because he was persecuting believers? No. He saved him because of his grace. He don't have a hit list and says, ooh, he's right here. That, that's the top ten sinners this week. That's who I'm going after. No, all of us are sinners. All of us need to experience grace. All of us need to be changed because of him. But are we willing to do it? You know, today, are we willing to say, God, I'm a sinner? God, I'm a sinner, and I want your grace and your mercy and your love to flow over me. Because I believe, again, that there's some of us, we have forgot what we were saved from. And we need to be reminded of that. To remember the mission that we're on. And there's some sitting in here today that's never started that journey with him. Look, there's water in that baptistry. We ought to be doing a hallelujah dance right now. Because in 1030, we have a gentleman named Jim Clark that's in this service most of the time. He sits right here, you know, because we're all creatures of habits. He sits right here on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock. And he's being baptized today at 1030. And he's bringing a crowd of people with him because he's excited about what God's done in his life. And this has been a journey. You can ask Donnie and Brother Howard, this has been a journey for November 8th to happen today. But it's because of God's grace and his mercy. So where are we at with our walk with God? You know, whenever we start looking at it and we start thinking about it, you know, because we all have that start point, we all have that beginning point, we all have that point to where we say, all right, here's my blank piece of paper. What am I going to write on this? Am I going to be able to go back and write whatever the date is? November 8th, 2020. Today I admitted to God I was a sinner. And on November 8th, 2020, is the day that I surrendered my life to him and asked him for forgiveness. Because all of us need to fill out that paper. All of us need to be able to write that story out. We ought to be able to go on down through that story and say, I am what I am because of his grace. Today. You know, we all start with a beginning. My paper started with me accepting him. But it's constantly adding on down here because God's constantly doing things in my life. The more I grow in him, the more I, I, I'm more in love with him today than I was 30 years ago. And I am what I am because of that. So where are you at today? Father, we come to you right now, Lord. Just say that we love you, Father, and I thank you for today. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you how you tell us about your son. Father, and how you tell us that you sent your son to die when you knew that we were sinners. Father, you offered us something that we don't deserve. Even in our worst moments, you still love us. <laughs> Father, there might be some in here this morning, Father, that, um, Father, they need to start that journey today. Father, they need to start by saying, I'm a sinner, and I need you to forgive me. Father, there might be some that's been playing church their whole life that need to start because they've never really started with you. Father, there might be some that need to come back. Father, they need to, to, to go back to the penthouse, Father, and go back to their, their salvation experience with you, Father, and they need to, 
remember that, Father, and, and start walking closer with you again. Father, there might be some that need to be like Jim Clark today, Father, and walk through that water of baptism. Father, not to, not to save them, but to tell the world, look at, look at what my God done. And I'm testifying to this to the whole world. Father, there might be some that want to make life of their home. Father, let us be obedient. Father, let us do what you're calling us to do. In your son's name I pray.